Hi, I'm Charlotte. I'm a therapist based in little old New Zealand. Life is too short to walk around feeling crap, so come and join me as we explore how to feel better. Whether feeling better for you is about managing anxiety, improving your relationships, lifting your mood, or working out who you are in this world, this is the place where I hope you will find some strategies and insights that will help you feel better. Thanks for joining me. Well, hello, and here we go with another episode. I have got a confession to make. Um, Something that I'm having to keep in check is the fact that I really love watching the numbers climb on who's been listening. I love being nosy about where people are listening from, and uh, yeah, it is really addictive running a podcast and seeing people uh, enjoying it and following along. So yeah, I'm a little bit croaky today, slightly under the weather. Uh, This is a topic that I really want to talk about though, and it is the right time for me to talk about this topic because it's totally where I'm at at the moment. November going into December is going to be an incredibly busy month for me. I'm traveling uh, basically every week and uh, there are lots of events, lots of things that I have responsibility for where there is a bit of pressure uh, and just basically lots of different areas of my life demanding different things. So, and probably like throw into that there's going to be some Christmas shopping, some making holiday plans, all of the end of year school stuff with my kids and this topic is something that I uh, am going to talk about because I'm imagining that there are a lot of people who are in this position as well dealing with this emotion. So, hmm, my little intro that I had thought about for introducing this topic is this. Yeah, that ramble wasn't an intro. Here we go with the proper intro I had thought about for sharing. Um, so when it comes to mental health and issues like, say, anxiety and depression, I think we've come a really long way in being able to talk about those kind of issues, those perhaps more intense, uh, more obviously impactful issues, but where we have kind of got some room to catch up is around thinking about mood, and particularly thinking about those emotions, those emotional states or responses that become strong patterns for us, that uh, follow us around in life, that repeat frequently for us, and as much as it really matters to consider what to do when it comes to big issues like anxiety and depression or other issues like um, mood disorders, personality disorders, all of those kind of uh, more intense mental health issues, we need to be thinking more about mood and the moods that follow us around. Because I don't know about you, but my brain chatters away at me all day. My body has opinions about how things are going Uh, And it's quite hard to escape your feelings a lot of the time. And so one of the mood states that I see on high repeat for a lot of people and that I have experienced on high repeat in my own life is the issue of overwhelm, feeling really overwhelmed, feeling that uh, you're stuck, there's more to do than you can possibly do. This is actually often where I think about that song from The Lion King about there's far too much to take in here. More to do than can ever be done. 
Uh, I literally sometimes sing that to myself when I'm overwhelmed. So, you know, you feel free to borrow the Lion King song too if that works for you. It's also a little song that I sing to remind myself that uh, I can't see all the things, I can't do all the things. Uh, and in the wisdom of the Lion King, that just really helps remind me of that. But anyway, I digress. Back on topic. So thinking about the issue of feeling overwhelmed, I have got some advice. Uh, surprise, surprise. A lot of this is things that I've worked out for myself. Uh, along the way, I've got 20 tips. How convenient. Uh, I got to 18 and made myself write another couple. Um, but basically, one of the things I want to step through today is just a bunch of ideas when it comes to how you might want to respond to that feeling of feeling overwhelmed. Now, it may be that uh, when you are feeling overwhelmed, you go into kind of an autopilot state of what you do. You don't need to try all 20 of these ideas, but you might choose one or two. And it might not be that every time you feel overwhelmed, you try a couple of these ideas. It may just be that one of the next times you feel overwhelmed, you could think to yourself, um, this is an opportunity for me and I'm going to try one of these things and see how I experience that. But the key message here is that how you feel, how you walk around feeling really matters and uh, it's worth doing something about how you're feeling about what's happening in your emotions and if overwhelm is something you feel often then have I got some ideas for you. Okay, so I'm going to launch into my ideas now. Now some of these things are quite practical because actually mm, I'm quite a practically minded person. So some of them are a little bit more mental health-ish and some of them are much more kind of uh, practical planning sort of focused because they're some of the things that really help me and I'm trusting that they'll help at least some of you as well. So number one, automate what you can that keeps you feeling good. So for me, there are things like having my hair cut, going for a massage, some of those things that uh, at the beginning of the year, if I can set those things up, they're like a little commitment to myself that I always, in the least, I make sure I rebook appointments when I've had a last appointment, but otherwise I can find myself just not having room for myself in my own life. And I know that lots of those things make me feel better, make me feel more confident, make me feel like I'm, uh, I'm actually showing up for myself and there is time for me. Sometimes those sorts of things are less about the activity that you're doing and way more about uh, the sense that I matter, there is room for me, I can stop, I can slow down, see the world didn't fall apart because I had these couple of hours off, see my family was okay even though I went and did this thing. So for me those kind of appointments um, and having some kind of regular rhythm about those things are around me showing up for myself and reminding myself that I do in fact have room in my life for myself. The second point I have is have a backup plan um, with some of the, th the practical things like groceries. So here is one of the things that I do. This is almost like a little bit embarrassing to admit, but I'm going to go here. I find really stressful if I do not have food, especially because there are five people to feed in my house, myself included. If I am uh, overwhelmed with lots of other things, responsibilities and stuff outside my house, the thing that tips me over the edge that I know is if there is not food in the cupboards, if we've run out of stuff for school lunches, if I don't know what the heck is for dinner, like that's the tipping point thing for me. Now this is not 
the thing that completely saves me from all of the overwhelm, but it is the thing that I know makes a real difference that if I am busy and under pressure, I have a list saved in the supermarket uh, app that has a bunch of things that help me make dinner for a few nights, that top up the lunchbox supplies, bread, milk, fruit, veggies, all of those kind of basics. It's not a big shop um, because I don't use online shopping all the time. I like going to the supermarket, but it is my like SOS thing that I can do. Um, And it means that I can order my groceries, text my husband and say, can you pick these up on your way home? Um, And it just is one of those things that I know helps me feel more on top of life. Number three, don't start your to-do list before you first work out if it is realistic. So uh, if you are being a really hard taskmaster to yourself and expecting more of yourself in your day than you can possibly do, that is not a recipe for feeling good. And one of the things I think we have to be really realistic about is you are never going to feel good if you start your day uh, with too high expectations. You're never going to be able to achieve that. You're going to, no matter how hard you pedal, end the day feeling like you've failed, feeling like you haven't done enough, still feeling those overwhelmed feelings. And so a commitment that you can make to yourself is don't start your to-do list before you first work out if it is realistic. So I'm sitting down at my desk for the day and I'm going, okay, today I am going to, do you know, actually sometimes I make myself say it out loud, today I am going to plan out the things that you do and make sure, actually, do I have enough time for that? If I time chunk that out and leave room for a couple of little things to go along, wrong along the way or whatever that looks like, make myself some rooms to room to actually like stop and eat lunch and all of those sorts of things. Um, is what I'm planning to do with this day realistic? So don't start your to-do list before you work out, am I being reasonable and realistic here? One of the things that I sometimes think about to help me with this is if my child uh, was suddenly an adult and I was giving them this list to do for the day, would I feel like that's fair? Um, Or would I feel like my child has a really mean boss who's um, expecting too much of them? I don't know what it is about that that really helps me to think realistically about what I expect of myself, but um, it is a really uh, useful kind of workaround in my head to consider what is it that is realistic for me to achieve, what are are fair expectations of this day. So don't start your to-do list before you first work out if it is realistic. One of my other little hacks, and I know that this is like all quite in the scheduling zone, we're about to move on from the scheduling zone, Hmm, there are another couple of scheduling points, but anyway, one of the things that really helps me, point number four, is schedule ahead when it comes to thinking about um, what it is that you're going to do. So, for example, last week uh, we had just got back from holiday and I was feeling really overwhelmed walking into uh, lots of work stuff that I'd left for a couple of weeks while we were away. Um, you know, you end up with mountains of washing around you and tired kids and trying to get people back into school routine, and all of that kind of stuff. And it was one of those scenarios where I actually just can't get through everything that I need to get through here. So something that I do that helps me with that is schedule ahead. So I say, I can't do this thing today, but the time that I will do it is, uh, you know, Saturday afternoon. 
And so I was able to walk into my lounge and go, yes, I know that this needs an overhaul and I'm feeling quite overwhelmed by this, but I'm just going to say to myself, on Saturday afternoon, I'm going to get stuck into sorting this out um, and putting the toys away properly and all of the things that I needed to do there. So thinking about uh, scheduling ahead. So no, I can't do this uh, right now, but this is the time that I can do this and that really helps me. Number five is always have a to-do list for yourself and do something off that list first. So I really, really love doing this. Before I crack into my day, I ask myself, is there something that I need to do just for me that I can tick off before I do all the thousand things that I'm going to do today that are for other people. So it might be a little thing that I want to do, spend five minutes on a task that's going to grow my business. It might be um, calling up for an appointment that I need. It might be returning a message to a friend or something that is just me related. Sometimes it's things like um, painting my nails or like a little thing that is uh, something that I've been meaning to do, that's annoying me, that's on just my list, and I prioritise doing something off the me list first. The other hack, number six, is prioritise your to-do list according to what brings you the most mental health benefit or gain. Now, there might be a whole lot of things that you need to do in the next few days, for example, And one of the things that is really helpful is if you can think about, of these things that I need to do, are there some that are going to feel better for me than others? Like, it might not be the most urgent priority in terms of the importance of tasks that are on your list, but returning that phone call to that person or whatever it is, sorting that thing out getting that particular task off your to-do list because you're finding it especially overwhelming, getting that task cleared might have more of a mental health gain or benefit to you than some of the other tasks. So think about prioritising your to-do list according to what brings you the most mental health benefit or gain. So thinking about actually that thing might not be what someone is waiting for or what is Uh, most important or meaningful off my list but it is the thing that if I do it I'm going to feel better. You will understand what I mean by those tasks hopefully but if there are things that make you feel good on your list prioritize doing those things first. Number seven is thinking about how in times of increased pressure we need increased self-care. So people often look on at uh, what my life looks like, and it is, you know, there's a lot of stuff. I don't really like to call it busy. I try and call it full, because that helps me avoid the the busy kind of thing. But I kind of believe our lives are short, and I want to get the most juice out of my life as possible. I've got things that I want to achieve. I've got relationships that I want to show up for. I um, enjoy the varied work that I have. And I love that I have got quite a bit going on in my life. I am someone who enjoys those achievements and that is great. But there are times when the reality is the pressure is increased. And sometimes people say to me, I don't know how you could hack that or um, 
wow, that is really intense, or gosh, you've had a big week, or those sorts of things. The reality is that when the pressure is on, I know how to increase my self-care. And I recognize that if I want to run in the fast lane, I have to have more than an average level of self-care to keep up with that. So times of increased pressure or a life in the fast lane needs increased self-care. You can't do ordinary self-care level things and have a life that is high achieving or uh, particularly full or whatever that looks like or having a job that is pressured or uh, you know being someone who really uh, connects with people in a particularly intense way or whatever that experience of pressure is for you you need to think about is the level of self-care high enough to match the pressure that I'm under and in times where the pressure is a bit higher the self-care needs to go up and for a lot of people what they do is when time when the pressure comes on they throw the self-care out the window which is the very opposite so what I've learned is um, to up the self-care to do the opposite of what you feel like doing when you're like I don't have time for this that you increase those things that nurture yourself um, that uh, that really support you through those times of increased pressure when you are um, facing those times your self-care goes up not down or out the window which is quite common Number eight, consider your health hierarchy. So um, I don't know if this is even the right term, but it's a little term that I use sometimes with my clients for describing how for all of us, we have things that are at the base of what I call our health hierarchy. And for each of us, it is different what the building block first things are that go into our health hierarchy. So, right, we all know that we probably need more exercise and more sunlight and more water and more sleep and more breathing exercises and more time and whatever it is. We know that, like, when everything is coming together, we'd be doing, like, all of those things in unison and feeling really great. But in times where you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling under pressure, it's really useful to think about that health hierarchy. What is at the base for you? It might be eating enough protein so your energy levels stay up. It might be drinking water. It might be making sure you're in bed before 9.30. Whatever it is, know what it is that is at your base. One of my clients once said for her it was salads. Like if she had salads in her life, then she made better health decisions about all sorts of other things. But what is at the base of your health hierarchy is a really important thing you can uh bring some understanding to so that you know when you're under pressure what's that thing that you need to focus on no you're not going to be able to have everything perfect and hit the number of workouts you need to have for the week or train for the event or whatever you're in basics mode when you're overwhelmed and so what is it when it comes to your health that you do that's at the base of that health hierarchy for you water protein sleep whatever it is know what it is so that when you're under pressure you can do that thing And thinking about number nine, this is kind of related to health, but give yourself extra sleep support when you're feeling overwhelmed. So for me, I most of the time sleep really well, but if I am under pressure, feeling overwhelmed, I will give myself some extra support with my sleep. So what that looks like for me is I usually have two coffees a day and I usually have them in the morning, but if I'm overwhelmed and under pressure, I cut it back to one might seem like the opposite of what you need to do. 
inclination might be to add a third one in the afternoon, but I definitely don't do that. I know if my nervous system is a bit more wired, that actually what I need is more calm and not more caffeine. So I cut the caffeine back. Um, that is particularly helpful for me around making sure that I get to sleep at a good time in the evening. Um, so I have my caffeine and I do some things that I don't actually need to do all the time to make sure I have a good sleep. But I do need to do at times when I'm feeling overwhelmed or a bit more stressed. So I make sure I have a shower or bath before bed and I have some nice relaxing essential oils in that. I promise I'm not trying to sell you those, but you can go and find a crazy essential oils lady somewhere around the corner from you I'm sure um, I try and be really mindful about my light exposure so one of the things we know has a really significant benefit on sleep is having 15 minutes of light exposure before 11 o'clock in the morning ideally so that's without your sunglasses which is something I have to point out to people all the time but light exposure is really important for regulating our circadian rhythm and for the cue in the evening that we're tired is dependent on what time in the morning our eyes have been exposed to light. So in regular times, I don't have to do anything to support my sleep and I can sleep well. In times where I'm overwhelmed and stressed, one of the key things that I need to do is give myself some extra sleep support. Number 10, consider what you can do at the same time. <laughs> You are totally by now hearing that I'm quite the planner, but one of the realities when we're overwhelmed is likely that we've got lots of things going on. And so something that I try and do is mesh together activities so that I can get more out of my time. I have been known to return professional phone calls, having, before I picked up the phone, run myself a really nice relaxing bath. I have, um, at times when I someone has asked me for a meeting and I think, gosh, that week is particularly overwhelmed, I've said, hey, I'd love to have that meeting with you, but I'm wondering, can we actually meet up um, at Hagley Park and go for a walk or whatever that looks like? I know that that will feel much more nurturing and nourishing for me than sitting in a cafe <laughs> and eating a piece of cake. Uh, but try and merge those activities together so you get more out of them in times when you're feeling overwhelmed. So in those times, you might need to be realistic with other people around you about how you're feeling and have some boundaries of actually, you know, I um, am super happy to catch up, but can we, whatever it is, uh, you know, do you want to come with me and knock off some errands together is something that I have even done with girlfriends before. Um, do you want to come and get Christmas shopping done with me while we catch up? Like think about those dual activities where it doesn't take anything away from uh, what it is that you're doing. Like for me, it doesn't take anything away from a meeting if it's a walking meeting. And often when you offer those things to other people, they go, yeah, that's awesome. And I'll feel really good about that too. So consider what you can do at the same time. If, <laughs> if you're running a bath, my tip is um, to strategically use the mute on your phone when you're getting out of the bath if you have to get out because it's gone cold before your conversation is up. That happened to me a couple of weeks ago. 
Number 11, this is one of my favorite phrases. Remember micro self-care. So often when people think about what is on their list of things that they can do to relax, they have activities that might take them an hour, an hour and a half. I.e., I ask a client, what do you like to do to relax? They say, I like to go for a walk on the beach. I say, how long does that take you? They say, well, I like to walk for an hour and it takes 20 minutes to get there and 20 minutes to get back. I say, how often do you have an hour and 40 minutes to go for a walk on the beach? They say, about once a month. I say, that sounds particularly lame. You get how this plays out. We all need to learn how to do micro self-care. So yes, we have those ideal activities that we do that feel good for us, that feel relaxing and nurturing and nourishing, but we cannot do those things at times when we're stressed, under pressure, overwhelmed, whatever it is. So I can't do X, but I can do Y. What is it that you can do to look after yourself? And that may be um, a very small version of the thing that you really like to do. So it might be that I don't have an hour to lie in the bath. There are a lot of baths in this conversation. It might be that I don't have an hour to do that, but I can take 10 minutes in my lunch break. It might be that I don't have time um, to read a book for an extended period of time, but I can read 10 pages. So instead of thinking about what you don't have time for, find ways that you can do little versions in what I call micro self-care. Number 12 is consider your sensory needs. Now, I love thinking about senses, and I have learned so much from some fabulous occupational therapists that I've worked with along my journey working in mental health services uh, around thinking about sensory profiling, thinking about our senses and our needs. And basically, my very condensed version of uh, thinking about our senses is this. We all interact with the world through our senses. you know, thinking about sight and sound and um, you can go looking into the rabbit hole of how many senses we have. Maybe it's seven, maybe it's nine, but at least you've probably got the top five in your mind. When it comes to how we engage with the world around us, those senses, um, the, the ones that are most overstimulated and that make us feel wound up or overwhelmed or um, not good, that same sense that we are most easily overstimulated by is also the sense that we can use to calm and soothe ourselves. It's a little bit like love languages, if you know that concept, but in some kind of strange reversed way. So we all have a primary sense or um, sometimes a secondary sense as well that we are most easily overstimulated by and we can use that sense to help us when we're not feeling good. Uh, My example of what that looks like for me is that the sense that I'm most easily overstimulated by is visual. And so if I uh, am not feeling great, one of the things I know I can do is deal with the visual clutter around me. My poor washing basket will get pulled out, filled with all the stuff on the bench, shoved in a cupboard, or I'll need to clear my desk, or I'll need to go and work somewhere pretty. But part of working with my sensory needs is knowing that in times of overwhelm, If my surroundings are orderly or pretty, doesn't have to be my whole space, but just the space that I am in, if I can do something about that, that helps me to feel much better. Um, The other thing for me that is really significant is smell. 
And so I know that having particular grounding scents that I use is really important if I'm feeling overwhelmed. I could do a whole session on understanding sensory needs. Maybe I will do that sometime. Feel free to ask if you want it. But when you're overwhelmed, you do need to learn to consider your sensory needs and use that sense that overstimulates you to help calm and settle yourself down too. Number 13, do something to shake things up. Go and work somewhere different. Um, do something at the same time as doing another activity, whatever this looks like. Don't just do the same grind, the same place, the same way. If you're feeling overwhelmed, don't keep yourself chained to the desk. One of the things that I did um, in a time last year where I was working um, pretty much around the clock was I took myself uh, with my laptop and went and sat at my local park so remove yourself, go somewhere different. I sat at the park, I did a block of work and then I moved to the local cafe and did another block of work and then came home and did another block of work. Break it up by a change of location, a change of state. So state change is something we know really helps with how we feel. So sitting down at our desk might be great, but then going and standing at a bench, um, going and lying down in our bed while we're tapping away on our laptop, whatever that looks like for you. But do something to shake things up in terms of how you are physically positioned and where you are. Super helpful if you're feeling overwhelmed. Number 14 is break up tasks so you can move them to a done pile. Now, I was talking to someone recently, a client who I had given a suggestion around this a few sessions prior, and they said, I cannot believe how much that thing has helped me. So uh, I almost should have shares in post-it note companies, but one of the things that I suggested was um, it's actually really important to break down what it is that you have to do into really, really small tasks. And if you can, to transfer uh, those tasks into uh, into another space where you can see what it is that you have got done. It is really encouraging to see your progress and often in our very online screen-based worlds we don't see that enough. So I'm sorry for the trees on this one but do something that helps you to break up your tasks and be able to move them from the to-do to the done pile. Number 15, consider what you can outsource. So I know that times are tough financially for people. Um, I would love a personal chef and a cleaner and someone to do my laundry and all of the things. But I know as well that if I am overwhelmed, that one of the things that I can outsource that is money well spent is getting my car cleaned. I feel better about life with a clean car might have something to do with the fact I have three young children, but hey. So think about what you can outsource and think about that through the lens of what is it that is going to bring you the most mental health benefit. Number 16 is let people know that you're overwhelmed, that you're under pressure, that you're finding things a bit tough at the moment. They can't read your mind and the chances are they will be gentler with you. They will react to you differently. They will try to be a bit more helpful, but people can't read your mind and being able to share where you're at in terms of your emotional state is really helpful for other people around you knowing what is going on and then to guide how they interact with you and what they might do to help or support you. My husband really likes this, really likes it if I say, hey, this is where I'm at at the moment. I just need to let you know there's lots going on on this front. Um, and then he picks up the slack in a way that he wouldn't 
if I was just appearing like everything was fine. So don't forget to tell the people around you where things are at so that they can help you. People love to help. Number 17 is you have to put the right amount on your plate. And sometimes there is a more kind of bigger picture or structural issue about the amount that people have on their plate. Now, there is an analogy that I use for this. You might have heard me talking about before, but I think it's really important. I was sitting with a client one day. They were talking about how they were feeling not great. And I was trying to come up with what's a story that I can tell or an analogy that I can give that helps to get this point across. And what I said was this. You know, on Christmas Day, how you've had, hopefully, a really lovely meal with people that you love, family or friends or whoever, and it's all been really delicious, it's all been kind of some of the nicest stuff that you ever eat, um, might be, you know, particularly like special or treat food, it might be a little bit richer than what you usually eat, there might be a bit more on your plate than there usually is, all great things on your plate. You have a delicious meal and then out comes the dessert. And at this point in time, you really probably don't need pudding. Um, but so-and-so has made their trifle, so you want to have a little bit of that. And there's this gorgeous fruit salad, so you want to have a little bit of that. And oh, it's mum's chocolate mousse that I love that only comes out at Christmas time. Oh, here we go. We have a plate full of dessert and we start eating it. And then we have that feeling of bleh, that I have eaten too much and now I feel sick feeling. It is the same with what we have on the plate that is our lives. If you have too much on your plate, you will feel sick. It is impossible to feel good in your life with too much on your plate. So you need to think about that stepping back conversation, get a friend, a, a supervisor, a counsellor, whoever, to have the conversation with you if you need. But is there a structural problem here with how much you have got on your plate? I tell you, I have to have this conversation all the time to monitor how much I've got going on because the reality is that too much on your plate will make you sick and you can't feel good. You can't expect to enjoy a positive mood state, be in a positive emotional state if there is too much on your plate. So no matter how much all the things you like are good, if there is too much, it doesn't work and you feel rotten. We can all relate to that feeling on Christmas Day, right? Number 18, are there things within your relationship, if you're in a relationship, that you need to address around how responsibilities are shared? Now, in my house, I'm pretty lucky on this front. Part of why I'm pretty lucky is because when we had our first child, my husband was a stay-at-home dad um, to our first little boy for most of his first uh two years I was at home for the first uh, four or five months and then my husband took over so he knows what it takes to run a house and he uh, is pretty good on that front so I'm definitely not throwing him under the bus in this conversation but something that I have been aware of from a lot of counseling conversations especially I have to say with women is that if I raise this question are things shared equally in terms of responsibility the mental load in your parenting and your managing your household, whatever that looks like. If I raise that question, they usually sit with a particular look on their face. So this is just a reminder that if you're feeling overwhelmed, it might be time to have a conversation about what it is that can be shared within your relationship, within your household responsibilities 
and actually go back to the drawing board in what that looks like and how things might be shared more equally. Number 19. Now, I love this story and I have to try really, really hard every time I tell it uh, to not say the person's name that I'm thinking of as I tell you this story. But, uh, and I'm also going to really try hard not to even reveal too much of the context as well in case that person happens to be listening. But something that I found really mm, powerful that has stayed with me over the years is I was in a scenario where we were organizing shared food to bring to an event. Now, typically I would be like, I'll make the special dietary needs friendly, beautifully decorated, blah, 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 whatever it is. And one of the things that I noticed was this person said, really quick off the bat, I will bring strawberries. And I thought, strawberries? Like, you're not going to bake or then have to clean up after your baking mission and have to go and get special ingredients. You're just literally, before you come out to this event, going to go to the supermarket or the fruit shop or whatever, buy a bunch of strawberries, rinse them when you get there, and that's what you're bringing. Uh, wow, actually, that was such an insight. Then I watched this person again, and one of the things that they did another time we were organising shared food was they very quickly said, I'll bring the drinks. Now, was this person contributing? Absolutely. Were they just trying to make it reasonable and realistic for themselves? Yeah, and they knew how to do it, and they knew how to do it well. They weren't being lazy, they weren't not happy to contribute or anything like that, but they just weren't going to slave over a hot stove, an oven, a whatever. They knew what it was that could make things easy for them, and it was such a powerful witness to me of what I need to do when it comes to thinking about sometimes taking the easy road, and especially if I'm overwhelmed, the easy road is something that I need to remember. Number 20, the final thing I have to say is lower your expectations as if you are sick. Now, I know that if you are, if you've got a tummy bug or a really bad flu or something that is just like, you can't push through this, you absolutely just have to rest. When that happens, we're usually pretty good at lowering our expectations, at letting something be what it is, or pulling out of something, or whatever that looks like. And when it comes to not feeling good in ourselves, mentally and emotionally, we are not as good as we are when it comes to lowering our expectations if something is happening for us physically. So lower your expectations as if you are sick, is something that can really help people. And I've got a client who seriously, more than 10 years ago, we talked about this. And um, uh, when I ran into them recently, they said, you know, that thing that you told me about, uh, you know, maybe I needed to adjust my expectations around my depression uh, in the same way that I would adjust my expectations for having a cold that was the thing that helped me to get it. So lower your expectations as if you were sick. I know that there are some people who will really get that. Um, just for some inspiration, tonight I just half cleaned my air fryer. Um, I uh, got up one time recently and said to my husband, I just want you to come and look at this. I just half cleaned the oven. 
you know, there are times when half doing something or good enough is just good enough and we need to learn to be flexible with ourselves. If you've got a lot on, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if just life in general is overwhelming you, then think about how you lower your expectations and allow good enough to be good enough. That's 20 tips. I have talked for long enough. I hope that there is something in this list that inspires you, that sticks in your head. I'd love to hear what it is that stands out most to you, but I hope that there is something in here that you can apply next time you're feeling overwhelmed. Know that you don't have to stay stuck in patterns of how you are feeling. You can learn new ways to respond when you find yourself in a particular emotional funk overwhelmed, stressed out, under pressure, whatever it is that you call it. I hope that there is something in these tips that helps you next time you find yourself going through this way of being. Thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love to connect. So feel free to find me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And don't forget to subscribe so you can see when the next podcast episode is out. See you next time.